0: Welcome to Great Points, financial insights for improving your relationship with money. I'm Matt Schroeder, Certified Financial Planner and Director of Financial Planning at Great Point Wealth Advisors, a fee-only registered investment advisory firm with offices in Boston and Danvers, Massachusetts. Uh, Today I'm joined, as always, uh, with my uh, co-advisor, Brandon Parker. Welcome, Brandon.
1: Thanks for having me today, Matt
0: yeah and i know each month we've kind of been talking about a different topic or a different idea that may relate to newer investors or younger planners and we're going to keep that trend going today um so i guess to set the stage uh you know we're coming up in the beginning of september and um you know when you kind of started this year off at your job things might have been hey we're gonna we're gonna kill all our goals we're gonna do amazing i'm gonna get a raise i'm gonna get a promotion everything's looking great we got the right team um, now there's about four months left in the year, and if you're an individual who may be looking at your current situation and say, you know what, uh, the recession or the, you know, the, the interest rates have maybe made my job a little tougher. It doesn't look like we're getting the same volume or the same push we were, thought we were going to get. We're, maybe we're not going to hit our goals. Um, you know, Maybe the leadership team has changed or your mentor decided to take a different job. So the people you were there working and really loving what you were doing are, are maybe no longer there. And you're starting to ask yourself, you know, do I need to make a change? Um, you know, what that change could be, we'll talk about. But um, you know, so if, if you're in that headspace, saying, "Hey, you know what? Is this? Am I still in the right place? Should I look at other places? Should I consider different career paths?" That's what we're going to talk about today. Um, you know, so you know, th- this is not a uh, something you should take uh, lightly. You know, this, you know, making a job change, although, you know a lot of the commercials will say, oh, you can change jobs. It's great. It's easy. Uh, there's there's a lot of things to be considered in there. Um, and, you know, what you want to make sure that you're you're not doing is kind of just going to see the same movie just at a different theater. So and by that, you know, the, all the same challenges may exist at that new job, you know, making sure you're, you're, you're taking a little bit of time to kind of do some soul searching on what's really important to you. So, um, so you know, I guess, you know, when it comes to, you know, things like I said, things aren't going the way they're going. I know, Brandon, we were talking a bit offline, you know, Someone says, "Hey, what should I do?" You know, uh, usually what we first try to do is kind of lay out their options. So, someone comes to you and says, "What should I do?" You know, what are what are some of the options they should probably start to think about?
1: Yeah, there's there's a lot of different ways you can go, right? Anytime you you might want to make a change in your career, um, you know, you could stay within the same company and look for you know a slightly different role, even though it's the same you know same firm. You could start to look at um, you know what does the landscape look like for you know kind of what you do and what your core expertise is. Um, and then, you know, there's other options as well, even for, you know, if uh, if you want to go back to school, you want to change industries, um, you know, there's a lot of different kind of educational programs out there that you might look at. So there's there's a lot to consider. And I think for a lot of folks, it's probably why it's hard to make that jump, because, you know, you kind of get analysis paralysis. There's almost too many options out there.
0: Yeah, so let's I know let's start with the uh, you know you hear sometimes you hear well I'm going to go back to school I'm going to you know boost my resume I'm either going to take a certificate program or maybe get an advanced degree or maybe a different major um, and obviously you know those things aren't free. So you know in some situations you might be taking one step back financially um, in order to get to that next career um and you know a lot of the times we'll we'll just challenge people to ask questions of themselves. So you know hey I'm uh, I'm working in a uh, a marketing profession. A lot of my bosses have MBAs of some sort. Maybe I should get my MBA. So if someone says, well, you know, Brandon, should I get my MBA? What would you, uh, what would you, what would you advise them? Or what, at least what questions would you ask them as a follow-up?
1: Yeah, I would, I would definitely start with questions. Um, you know, the first is really what do you want to accomplish and, and what do you want to do in your next role? Um, you don't always need to know the exact answer, but you know, that can kind of help you decide whether it makes sense to go back for, you know, an advanced degree where a lot of times that's going to give you a new qualification to do something a little bit different. Right. So if you're thinking about, um, you know, kind of changing to a different role or, you know, changing your career path a little bit, that's where, you know, those education options can be helpful. Um, they can kind of give you that kickstart into something different, you know, whereas if you're looking to kind of just do what your boss does, um, you know, the, the, opportunity cost of going back to school is pretty significant um so you know you're you're giving up a couple years of earnings and it's likely to cost you quite a bit of money to actually go back so that's where you start to look you know if you're trying to make a a significant change or a jump um a different career um you know that's where the school option can be really powerful Um, you know otherwise are there things you can do within your current job that are going to help you you know position yourself well to kind of take that leap at your current firm you know, in ideal worlds, you know, if they really like you and you're really doing a great job, they might even help contribute to that, that next step. You know, they might help contribute to the education that's going to, you know, elevate you to say a management position from where you are currently.
0: Yeah. And I think you look at a lot of the job posts and say, you know, certain amount of experience, MBA preferred. Um, so when you're, when you're kind of trying to figure out, well, what do I want to do with my life? Um, or what do I want to do for work? you know, maybe look out one or two positions out, uh, you know, so either the if you love if you kind of like the field you're in, but you're not sure if this is the right role, maybe look two positions out and um, you, know, you, you can use LinkedIn for this, you know, reach out to a few people um, and just say, hey, I'm, I'm thinking about my future. I, I'm not sure if I need or want to go back and get my MBA, but just, you know, from your professional experience, can someone get to your spot without having an MBA, you know, through uh, investing time and energy in their current culture or, you know, through sweat equity, can I get there or or is it a must have? Um, you know, so maybe you get two or three people's different perspectives on, you know, do I need to have that advanced degree to get my, get me to that next place? Um, I didn't have time to look this up, but you know, if, you know, hear a lot of people right after undergraduate say, "Well, I'll just go to law school because if I get my law degree, then you know I could become a lawyer. I could do a lot of other things." But um, you know, it'd be interesting to know how many people that have graduated from law school that are no longer lawyers. Um, I know I've I've met a handful of my own personal life, so that leads me to believe there's a lot of other people. So, you know, if you're if you're choosing an advanced degree, a law school, MBA, you know, they do open up doors. They do make your resume a little bit more. Um, attractive but at a cost so you know you're looking at probably hundreds hundred to two hundred thousand dollars from these advanced degrees that you know if you're having to borrow that money and pay it back over time you know you kind of want to start to do the math and say well how much future earnings would I need to make this decision worthwhile um, versus those other advanced degrees at some point you you may you know hit a point in your life and say you know I'm I don't like going to the office anymore. I, you know, I have friends that are in the the, the medical field or, you know, maybe a science field or something, or education, and you just, you just want to change. Um, and those are going to require some advanced classes or different classes. So, you know, if you've been working in the professional field and you realize, you know, teaching is truly your passion, you're, you're going to need a master's in education. So, you know, taking that time and investing in those classes will, is kind of a must do to align you with that next field. Um, so, But if you do decide that and then after you finish that, realize I don't want to be a teacher, those classes aren't as transferable as maybe a law degree or or an MBA. So, you know, if you're thinking about going back to school, just asking a lot of the right questions around, you know, uh, is this is this something I truly want to do? Is this something that I need to do for uh, to advance to the, you know, spot I want in my career? And then what are the financial trade offs between uh, the cost of admission, the cost of schooling, loans, uh, you know, the lost earnings as Brandon was talking about, the time. Um, and you know, a lot of times people are going back for those degrees at the same time, maybe they're considering, you know, a more serious relationship or starting a family or buying a home. So it's not as simple as, you know, just going to school for you know from eighteen to twenty two. There's there's a lot of more other things that come into it. So so let, let's change paths. So you decide. You know what? I don't need to go back to school. I'm done with that part. Um, you know, I but I I'm not sure if I should stay at this company. Um, you know, when you're thinking about you, you probably had some friends change jobs in the last couple of years. You know, when yeah, your discussions absolutely. with them, when they're trying to decide to stay or go, what are some things that they are talking about?
1: Yeah, it's. Um you know, now, especially after 2020, you know, things have changed quite a bit in the workplace and, and workplace flexibility is, is a big factor, you know, especially as folks are kind of starting families. Um, you know, a lot of companies now are kind of pushing folks to be back in the office full time or, you know, three or four days a week, you know, somebody that moved an hour away from a major city during, you know, during the pandemic might not be a great fit for that. And they might want to stay remote so there's a lot of the those kind of factors that are coming in now um you know and other things too i mean you've seen with technology companies especially in the last year kind of the industry has tightened up a lot so you know they're not hiring like they were uh, maybe not growing at the rate that they would have been in 2020 and 2021. um you know are those still the firms that you that you want to stay at um and you know in some cases layoffs as well so you might look at the industry and start to say okay you know, I'm doing this marketing role, um, you know, the, the healthcare industry is probably going to be pretty strong, regardless of what the economy looks like, because folks are always kind of getting sick and need help um, versus technology. You know, spending might not be what it was two years ago. So there's a lot of things you can start to look at there as well. Um, and finally, and this might be even the most important one, um, you know, if you've been with a firm for a few years, you know, let's say two, three, four years and you're not kind of feeling that upward mobility and the increase in responsibility that you might want, um, you know, it might be time to kind of look outside the firm and see if there's, you know, either competitors or somebody that does something similar. And that that jump to a new firm can kind of get you a fair market price where you might only get, you know, a three, five, eight percent raise if you stay at your current firm. But if you jump, maybe you can get that 20 percent or 25 percent raise that kind of sets you on a new trajectory a little. so. Those are those are a few of of kind of the the key reasons you might see out there that that uh, that folks change and and it might be worth making a change.
0: Yeah, and I think you know I kind of just kind of reiterating some of those things. I kind of broke it down into three areas. The first, to Brandon's point was advancement. So you know you know say hey I want to I want to move up in this company. First thing you always want to do is turn the mirror on yourself and say is it. Is it my performance? Is there something I'm doing or something I could be doing better within this company to increase my chances? Um, but then there are times where the company just doesn't have roles. So the only way for you to kind of move up is for the person in that seat to change jobs or leave. And, you know, you get to know them and you realize they have no desire to go anywhere. You know, this is the right fit for them. So if that seat that you want to take is unlikely to be vacated anytime soon, then yeah, you you might have to make a change. Um, but if you're seeing your peers get moved up and promoted, and you're not, um, it's not always the company's fault. Uh, sometimes it's you know looking at your your individual work ethic, your performance, uh, having discussions with your managers or your, or your coworkers, workers Hey, look, what what can I do to improve? What can I do to put myself in a better position when that next job comes along? Um, so if you if you know you want to advance and the company is has the potential you kind of say, well, over the next one to three years, uh, what what type of advancement could I find or see? Um, and if that upward mobility is there, it may be worth kind of giving it an extra year or two uh, to see if you can progress within that company. Um, Brandon hit, hit on the, the financial limits or advancements. So in some situations, when it comes to pay raises, we, we've dealt with this in the past where we've had just a we hired someone for a role that you know they were probably overqualified for. Where we didn't really understand fully their capabilities, and they were just they were blowing it away. They were doing amazing, and we wanted to move them up to a next level, but because they were hired at you know uh, let's say X, the 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 company never allowed raises more than X plus plus ten percent. So their next job that we wanted to hire them might have been a two so X. It was double the salary and they were, they were overly qualified. They would have been amazing, but because there was this weird compensation rule, we couldn't. So we had to promote them and only pay them a 10% raise versus on the open market, they would have been making 70%, 80 90% more. So um, in those situations, it wasn't fair to try to retain that employee just because uh, they could go somewhere else for six months and then come right back to us and get paid uh, their 2x. So you know, that's kind of the limit side Sometimes there's financial incentives. So depending on the company you're with, you know there may be stock incentives or employee stock purchase plans or things that aren't necessarily direct pay pay increases. But you know if you're working for a company that has a high growth potential, those shares of stock that you're earning might be pretty valuable. Versus the shares of of a more mature company might be more predictable, but might not have that same upside. So you know if you are 26 and you don't have a lot of uh, bills at this point, and you're saying, well, they've given me some stock, but I can get you know a little bit more pay over. There, well, you know, a, a, a small amount of shares in a high growth company might be worth sticking around for a little bit to see if those vest. Um you know, so just understanding the financial, both the limits as well as the opportunities. Um, and then the, the, some of the soft perks. You know, we talk a lot about hybrid work environments. You know, Some companies take Fridays off or they've got you know, good, good culture. Um, you know, so you, you, anytime you leave or make a change, uh, you're taking that risk that maybe it won't be as nice on the other side. So, and usually the person recruiting you wants to recruit you. So they're going to tell you the best case scenario of what to expect. Um, so if you're in that situation, you're getting closer to making a change, once again, use LinkedIn, find out who works there, maybe see if there's a second or third connection of someone you could just chat with a current employee, um, you know, just to you know, make sure what really understand what the culture is like, what the opportunities are, you know, they, you know, they say there is advancement, you know, has anyone actually been promoted in the last couple of years out of these groups. So, um, so, you know, that those are some reasons to stay let's talk about the, you know, what if I go? Um, you know, so I have decided I'm definitely leaving this company. Um, what, you know, what, what do I need to be asking myself before I make that next change? And, you know, I think, you know, for my, my, my biggest advice or opinion is you want to make sure it's not, like I said, it's not that same movie, just in a different theater. Uh, A lot of times people will change jobs and, you know, you know, the words, the, the acronyms are a little bit different, but it's the same kind of crap they're dealing with day in, day out. So, you know, if, and to, you know, uproot your whole life and all those things just to do the same thing somewhere else, sometimes isn't that, isn't that, isn't, isn't worth it. Um, but someone says, you know what, I definitely got to get out of here. I'm going to make a move. What other tips or advice would you have for him?
1: Yeah. I, uh, I think the biggest thing is to be really honest about what you like about your current job and what you don't like. Um, And when you start to look outside of where you are today, what is it that you want to change? Um, You know, realistically, you can't change everything. And every job kind of has its pros and cons. And, you know, a small firm might deal with a lack of resources. A large firm might deal with bureaucracy, right? So which of those are you more comfortable navigating? Um, So when you start to look outside where you're at, um, you know, get really specific about what what you think you want, and then go find somebody like Matt said. Go find somebody that knows a little bit more about that space and can help inform you, so you can make an informed decision. So I, I think the biggest thing is, um, you know, having realistic expectations of what you might find elsewhere, but also specific. So you really want to you want to know what you're getting into as much as you can. It's never going to be perfect. There's always surprises when you start something, but you know, the more educated you can be on that, the better off you're going to be, and the more likely you're going to find. Um, you know, a fit that's better and, you know, hopefully also a compensation package that's better um, or at least, you know, a match with what you're looking for moving forward. So that's my first advice. Definitely, you know, be specific and uh, and and get to know as much as you can about where you're looking to go.
0: And one of the situations we were just dealing with recently was the idea of uh, contract work versus full-time employment. Um, you know, so the salaries might look similar. It may look like a great offer, but, you know, oh, by the way, you're a contract employee. You're not a a full employee. If, if someone hears those words, what do they need to be watching out for, or aware of, or thinking of?
1: Yeah, the biggest difference in in my previous roles, I've, I've dealt with this a bit, but the biggest difference is the company has less of a long-term commitment to you in a contract position. Um, and in some cases, you know, you'll be kind of dealing with your own tax withholding, um, you're going to be on your own for benefits, things of that nature. So when you look at that hourly rate on a contract, you need to kind of think of what the in the salary job, what does that full benefits look like? And that might include some things like health care, um, you know, other other benefits that the company offers that aren't necessarily cash compensation and add them onto the salary so that you're comparing apples to apples, because when you're a contractor, you're kind of on your own for a lot of those things. So, now, um, there are
0: contract roles that are W-2 versus, I think yes, there, yeah. a lot of times we're talking about, you know, someone says contractor, we think independent contractor, which is a, usually you get a 1099 for tax purposes, which means you're self-employed. Uh, but in some situations, you're a W-2, but you're paid through a third party. You want to talk a little about what that structure might look like?
1: Yeah. Yeah, so especially with bigger companies, this is pretty common because they'll have kind of long term contract quote unquote roles, but they might use one kind of um, you know company that holds all of those contractors and then they can move around within the firm in different different jobs over time. So in that situation, you know you're the kind of the contracting company, it might be a separately held entity is likely going to be p- giving some amount of benefits and you have a little bit more stability in that long term sense. Um, and you might be a W2 employee, so you'll be, you know, at least you'll be withholding taxes and things like that for you. Um, but again, you know, you kind of have a little bit less of a long-term commitment and a little bit less of control of your own future in a lot of cases where, you know, that role that they might've brought you in for on a contract, might be a six month role, might be a special project that they're working on. And then what happens after that, right? You just have a little less clarity on where that might go. So there's, there's definitely some trade-offs there and there's a few different kind of flavors as Matt, as Matt alluded to, um, when it comes to even contract roles. So those are important questions. You know, am I, am I going to get healthcare as part of this? Is there any 401k, 401k matching, things like that. Um, so those are the questions when you go in, you know, the more clarity you can get, the better you can kind of compare things apples to apples.
0: Yeah. And just remember you're, you're your own advocate. So, you know, Sometimes people are afraid to ask the questions because they don't want to come off as of sounding too needy or hey, well, if I ask, then they, they might think I'm not appreciative of the opportunity. So they'll probably hire somebody else. But if you've gotten this far in the in the 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 process, obviously they see value in you. They see that you can add you know something to their company. And you have to ask these questions because you know, that person that's hiring you is asking these same questions of their manager or any third party vendors they're using. They they want to understand all the details. So, you know, make sure you're advocating for yourself. And asking all the right questions. Um, you know, as you're thinking about new jobs, you know, you ask yourself, you know, is this aligning? With if I had a long-term career plan. Is this aligning with that? Is this a step? And sometimes maybe it has to be a step back to take two steps forward in that different type of company. But, you know, is it or is it I just want to try something different? I'm not sure if it's my forever job, but I just want I just need a change. I want a fresh start. I want to work in a new city. I want to try a different environment. So just be honest with yourself about what type of role this is going to be. Um, And then usually have some type of, you know, before you maybe even before you start searching, you know, say what is what do i need to make this jump worthwhile and for some people it's a financial incentive so if i'm making 60,000 you know to make 62 and up my up my life isn't worth it but you know if i can make 75 or 80 I deal with a little bit of transition pain. Um, for others, it's quality of life. So even though I'm making sixty thousand, I am working overtime and I'm working weekends. And if I can make sixty grand and have a little bit of flexibility on Friday afternoons, or maybe get an extra paid week's vacation, or whatever it may be, that that might be the motivator to you. So, but you kind of just want to have your priorities in, in line about what uh, what would motivate you to make a jump, and you know, so that way, you know, when the offer comes through you're not then starting the hemming and hawing about should I go or should I not, you kind of had a, a line in the sand. And if the the number comes in past that line, you know, you're more likely to take it uh, take that move. And if it's below it, you know, it really have to be a hard sell to make you to make a, a change even at that point. So um, I know we've thrown a lot of things at you and, uh, you know, as we kind of use these last four months of the year, kind of ties into what we talked about, about reviewing your goals. So, you know, last month we talked about reviewing your personal goals. Um, as we think about in your career path, you're know, just making sure that, you know, if you're thinking about changes, or you're having these discussions, um, you know, you want to make sure you're not coming off and sound as complaining. But definitely start to surround yourselves with a few advisors. Uh, they don't have to be financial advisors. They can be people with five or ten years more experience. You know sometimes you might be fine talking to your parents, other people's parents. Uh, tend to be a little too emotional about the situation so maybe finding uh somebody else in the industry that maybe you don't have any uh, familial relationship with with is helpful as well so um and that's where linkedin can be a great tool uh we talked a about networking a few months ago understanding the value of your network and um I'll, I'll speak from personal experience i've been doing what i've been doing for 25 years and if someone who's three or four years in the business said um hey can i pick your brain do you have any tips I'm more than helpful, more than willing to offer them some advice or help or listen to what they're dealing with and try to help them point them in the right direction. Um, So as much as sometimes it's uncomfortable to ask for help, people that have been through it, the reason they got there is somebody helped them along the way. And most people want to pay it forward. So um, be an advocate for yourself. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, Use all the tools that are available and and hopefully you can use those to make a good decision. So um, Brandon, any kind of closing thoughts before we wrap up?
1: No, I think you covered it. Great. It's, um, you know, I, I just always want to leave with one last tidbit is, um, you know, folks that, that have that experience, the worst thing they can do is say, no, if you ask them for help. Um, but you know, I've found personally, a lot of times you ask and, and people are really, you know, even if they don't have the exact right answer that you're looking for, they can point you in the right direction. So you kind of hone in on where you want to go. Um, so I think, I think it's great advice. That's awesome.
0: Well, once again, thanks all for listening. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. Uh, I'm Matt Schroeder with Great Points. And until next time, have a good day.
1: Great Points is hosted by Matt Schroeder. Great Point Wealth Advisors is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities and Exchange Commission in accordance and compliance with the securities laws and regulations. Great Point Wealth Advisors does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through Great Points. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.